This episode is brought to you by Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. Stay tuned to hear how you can get your first month of Podbean for free. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Committed Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not only committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. Aww. I'm Kevin Lau. And I'm Ryan Davis. And today we are with the Zach, without Zach, not without Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, when he's not here, my tongue just twists and I just, you know, I can't do anything right. Zach, we miss you. Wish you were here. (laughs) Wish you were here to talk about books with us, even though that's like your least favorite topic that we talk about. So that's why you avoided us. <laughs> Zach, no read. Yeah, Zach, he learned to read. Learned to read more than the uh, Reddit posts or threads or <laughs> forums or whatever they're called. I don't use Reddit. <laughs> Same. Uh, but as I was, I was saying, today we're talking about books, specifically the challenge we initiated way back in episode six. Um, I read The Mysterious Bendix Society by Trenton Lee Stewart, and Ryan read... Alcatraz vs. the Evil Librarians by Brandon Sanderson. Wow! So, yeah, if you want to go back to how uh, the, how that challenge went, and um, how we talked about Brandon Sanderson beforehand and Mysterious Bendix Society, you can check out episode 6 of the podcast. You can find it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, what have you. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. Woohoo! We're everywhere except in the 1%. But one day, one day, one day, we can get there. You can't escape. Donate all the money. (laughs) All right. But moving on, how would you describe Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians? Well, okay. So I went into this and it kind of had like a decent idea from what you had told me. But when I read it, it did, from immediately, I got Percy Jackson vibes only because of the narration. Yes, I'm Mm -hmm. basing it off of Percy Jackson, but like, it, the narration style from Brandon Sanderson is much more fun. And having read a few of his other books, I was not expecting that right off the bat. Because um, mm-hmm. Alcatraz, he's kind of he's he's jokey. He it's all in first person. He's like, you know, hey, I'm doing this. You know, I bet you were expecting this. And then he kind of it's funny because he foreshadows stuff that doesn't immediately get brought up. And he, he it's it's interesting. Right. But oh um, yeah, definitely. It definitely, uh, to describe it, it's basically, it follows this orphan, Alcatraz Smedri, who is given a mysterious bag of sand for his 13th birthday, and then he's immediately just kind of thrust into a war between uh, a group of people called the Free Kingdomers and librarians. Yes, he's beating up the old lady who sits behind the desk at your local library. Uh, hey no- man, they told me to shush once. I wasn't a, I wasn't very happy about that. Yeah, and neither was Alcatraz, neither was Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a very good, interesting series. Uh, it has a very unique power system and world building, which I think was pretty interesting to read. And if I were to give it, like, kind of what the theme was, I think it would be, one, you can't believe everything you read, as I say as mm-hmm. I read this book. And then also, right. um, you need to learn that your faults can be just as useful and important as your strengths. Mm-hmm. Which I think was pretty interesting, and then obviously the theme of family and everything, but right, yeah. And what's cool about Alcatraz versus Evil Librarians is that like how goofy and wacky it gets. Like there's still a really strong emotional core to it. Like when that, when that, when he, when Alcatraz learns the life lesson, um, it's it hits really hard <laughs> than yeah. compared to the rest of the book. I mean, like it, 
it definitely had a whole lot of hit like big beats in it which i thought was mm-hmm. pretty interesting like i said reading it i was just like i did not i went into this very like oh i tried reading this when i was a kid i didn't like mm-hmm. it and i'm reading it now i'm like why didn't i read this as a kid yeah i mean I, there's a lot of more appreciation you can get from reading it as adult especially when you get later into the series like book five is um is pretty dark uh, oh uh i was really surprised how dark book five gets and you don't re- i don't want to spoil it say anymore it's just like yeah just keep reading it's fun it gets better yeah um, each book is consec- is easily better than the last that is good uh, as for the mysterious benedict society by trenton lee stewart it's essentially like kingsman for kids we mentioned that before before another episode uh, it follows this kid, Rainy, a gifted 11-year-old orphan, as he partakes in a series of odd tests that leads him to being recruited in a secret mission to save the world. I would say themes of teamwork, loyalty, and the love for knowledge are explored, as well as a stance on the ethics of knowledge. Like, how, you know, knowledge is power, and how do you use power responsibly, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very, in, it's an int- intriguing book. But as you're going to use use this uh, moment as like a segue to the next thoughts of what are our spoiler free thoughts on the book like what, what would you how would you review alcatraz versus the evil librarians well i kind of say as i enjoyed it and there were some parts that were a little bit annoying or unimpactful like i said i mm-hmm. enjoyed the world building but it also contradicted everything that was science-based and i'm like i usually can like ignore that for like stuff like this I, again i read percy jackson but some of the stuff mm-hmm. was like yeah, sta- uh, elevators are stupid. Stairs are the mo- mm-hmm. are more practical thing, and I'm like, huh? Because the okay, whole th- the idea. I will behind- say that there is um there is an explanation explanation for that in like book four when they realize when Alcatraz makes a connection between like why these people think these things are okay. dumb. Because I'm like, as I'm reading it, I'm just like, guys, elevators are kind of practical. I I get it. Stairs are healthy. I love taking the stairs. But mm-hmm. come on. And then stuff like... You've been brainwashed by the librarians, Ryan. Then that was our explanation for everything was that like, yeah, you're brainwashed by the librarians. And I get that. But it's like, that's it's the same explanation for everything. And I wish there had been a little bit more explanations mm-hmm. for some of the things. So it, boiling it down to, yeah, the librarians brainwashed everything. And the teachers are also librarian spies. And so therefore, you're just an idiot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh uh thanks plato's allegory the caveman yeah pretty much and then also some of the chapters just as i say just didn't need to be chapters um Mm -hmm. like some of them were like very much like just long for no reason or they were very much there like it just kind of it it didn't need to be a chapter it could have been part of the different the previous chapter or the next chapter like they it's very like staccato chapters which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting, because again, having read some of his other books. And then also the ending is very abrupt. Yes, it leaves you on a cliffhanger, but it's also, like, just abrupt. Like, it, it's like almost like they pulled an emergency break on you. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's that, that's the end? Nothing? Okay, okay cool. Um, y'all had this whole heartfelt, sad goodbye, and now it's not. But okay. Right. But um, that's yeah. A, I mean, like, I mean, it's just like you know, it's it's kicking off a wild adventure. Uh, yeah. But I feel like it ties the the immediate adventure up pretty well, though. It ties it up, like it ties up that immediate adventure. But I was also like, wow, that it, it was weird because I realized this all took place in like the span of like a day, like 
Mm-hmm. This was a day trip, like to the library. I was, I was just like, this is that's kind of like interesting, but kind of also like, I was expecting more, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get it's expecting actually like, more, like from a, a book of only three hundred pages. Yeah, I, I realized I was like, this is actually a short book. Like I thought it was gonna be a little bit longer, but also looking mm-hmm. back, little Ryan looked at this and was like, oh man, three hundred pages. Ooh, that's gonna be a lot. <laughs> and now I'm like, that's more than two hundred. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, eight hundred pages. Yeah, that's not a lot. I can do that in like a couple, like maybe a week or so. <laughs> So, right. yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I will say it was very interesting to read. I will say the part I love the most was the two unique power systems presented in it mm-hmm. because they're very, like, they're very unique. I will get more into that in the spoilers talk, but like it definitely changes the game and how he learns to use those individual powers and also mm-hmm. the fun conversational narration of the story. I, I'm a sucker for stories where the narr- where the char- main character is just narrating in their own wacky way so right yeah and in the, in the framework of this of alcatraz is that he this is an adult alcatraz that's writing the book about writing a memoir about his uh adventures and uh and he gets mm-hmm. and he just gets to play around and fool the reader whenever possible he's like but i have all the answers and you don't so you really don't know where it's going but i do i do i can give you red herrings and you wouldn't even know i feel like that's po- like part of that is like oh yeah we're uh this is gonna be it's interesting because like yeah he controls the story but at the same time mm-hmm. it's like i feel like the brandon sanderson was just like yeah i'm gonna make this up as i go and we'll see where this takes us i just all i have to do is make sure i have that one part that i introduced in chapter one i don't have to have it in this book it could be all the way in the last book but right who, who cares yeah actually it's fun i think well maybe i'll save this for another a little bit later but um uh brandon sanderson uh actually this was the one of the few books where he didn't plot ahead of time ah. he just kind of he just wrote it because he was supposed to be writing a different book um so when he turned this book into the publisher instead of the book he was supposed to turn in uh apparently his publisher got pretty mad <laughs> <laughs> i believe it because <laughs> I, I read yeah, this and can... i'm like huh that's just very just like out, like out of character but okay <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, I think, yeah, he was supposed to be writing Mistborn 3, but he was like, you know, mm. he got, he finished writing Mistborn 2, and he was like, man, I just need, like, write a little fun little thing to kind of, like, you know, because it's because Mistborn's just so intense and exhausting to write. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. So he just wrote this fun little adventure about this wacky kid who breaks things, and then, like, um, and then he turned it in, and his agent was like, yeah... You you were not supposed you're supposed to turn in something else. <laughs> I feel like just reading reading this, he's like, yeah, this is my fan fiction. This is what I was just like. I, I felt like he was like he just looked outside. I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if a kid just broke things and yeah, and we just had it as a superpower. Let's do that. Like right, I, it's I, like you know, I feel like it's like Brandon Sanderson at his most Brandon Sanderson. Like if you listen to his podcast and stuff mm-hmm. like that, all the jokes he makes, I'm like, yeah, this is the guy that wrote Alcatraz. <laughs> Yeah, like reading Mistborn, I'm like, I can understand why that's exhausting. Because besides having to narrate it to like write out the power system, Mistborn Two is just depressing as hell. Like, mm-hmm. it's very. De- I just finished Mistborn Two. And I'm like, I'm a third. I'm like a third of the way through Mistborn Three, but the mm-hmm. second book is just depressing as hell. Especially the ending. It just right. it gets sad, and I'm like, damn, this guy was going and through they're, something. They're pretty long too. Like, yeah. they're they're decent size. Um, they're not incredibly long but like you look at it it's like what 600 700 pages roughly yeah somewhere around, well it's not it's more than 600 700 pages oh yeah like, i'm pretty sure it depends like, on, depends on what size your copy is oh maybe I, oh I, i'm wrong it is not 600 700 pages it's less than know. it's almost 500 oh I well that's corrected. surprising i think it's just because the book is as tall so it you know holds more pages 
Or holds more words. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, but what, what are your spoiler-free thoughts on Mysterious Bandit Society? So, I'm, I'm glad that you're not, like, overly positive about Alcatraz, because I'm not overly positive about <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious Benedict Society. I expected it as uh, much. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, I didn't really like it, but it's not, Mysterious Benedict Society is not a bad book, it's just not my thing. Um, I do think this is a good example of plot storytelling, um, which is similar to, like, Edgar Allan Poe or even a lot of commercial films. Like, MCU does a lot of plot storytelling as well. Mm -hmm. I'm more into character storytelling, which is why, like, you know, Alcatraz vs. Evil Librarians was so my thing. Because, one, it's funny. Two, it's very well plotted. And three, like, there's really strong character moments and everything is motivated by character. So, it's like, yeah. Didn't you tell me it had no plot? (laughs) No. So, I mean, obviously, there is a plot, like... There, you can still plot it out. Um, obviously, like I, I was, we went through revisions to tie in the plot and all this stuff, but this one didn't have an outline. I was jo- um, I was joking, Kevin. <laughs> oh, rip! <laughs> no, you got me. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, with uh, Mysterious Benedict Society, I mean, you know, there, obviously there's still a love for plot storytelling because you know a lot of plot storytelling, plot plot driven books and stories still get recognized for today. I mean, Edgar Allan Poe is still required reading for a lot of high schoolers, mm-hmm. and then. But, you know, it's just not my thing, personally. Fair. Uh, and most of the time, with these plot-driven re- stories, the characters tend to be flat and unmotivated, taking away from the emotional impact of the moral of the story, mm-hmm. which is kind of like what happened with Mysterious Benedict Society. Like, the one, first 100 pages were interesting. But then after, once it were revealed that, like, oh, now you're going to be a spy, and then, like, the characters, like, they just agree to be a sp- agree to be spies just because the plot demands it more than, like, they actually feel motivated to do it. And then, like... Well, and I'll talk about this after the break when we go into spoiler territory, but like, you know, it starts changing perspective and then like everything, everything, the story just kind of glides along because it has to, not because like this is the direction the characters are taking it. And but like, I'll, I'll definitely agree. It does. It's very jarring to go from like, hey, here's like some fun little tests that prove how smart you are, which I was like, oh, these are all interesting. And then all of a sudden, yeah, mm-hmm. you're spies. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> you're spies now like save the world i'm like huh where where did this come from and they're just like i was like yeah you'll be fine i know you got guardians it'll be good (laughs) let's take a bunch of orphans and make them fight crime i mean isn't that isn't that the superhero narrative (laughs) spider-man yeah that 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 is i mean batman literally recruits orphans and trains them to fight crime is mr is being society a spinoff of batman uh a narcoleptic batman (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like you know even though i have that those gripes with um mysterious benefits society it's still the messages that it has is still really interesting uh but like the ethics of knowledge and how you know all knowledge is power and power should be used responsibly Mm -hmm. um and then also like teamwork and loyalty and all that stuff and like these these are smart kids that like love knowledge so much so kind of like you know, as a kid's novel, it kind of encourages the kids who read it to kind of be, be as just as curious as those main characters. Um, and then the, there's a lot of puzzles in the in the book too, uh, story wise that was able to that was fun to like figure out uh, with the characters as well, um, as well as like the kind of the whole book in itself is kind of like its own big puzzle, which kind of like you know as I'll mention further like works for works but also doesn't. Uh, um, works for it and against it at the same time, but right. you know, in a really strange way. But I will talk about this more after the break, uh, which is going to start right now. So 
Starting a podcast? Try a Podbean Unlimited hosting plan. It's what we use here at Committed Critics, giving us the opportunity to have our show on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and even Spotify. You can get your first month of unlimited hosting for free on us by going to podbean.com slash committed crits, just like our Twitter, or by clicking the link in the description. Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. And we're back from break. Uh, and now that we're back from break, like I said earlier, uh, it's spoiler time, baby. Woo! Uh, we're going to talk about spoilers here and out from for Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Obviously, you're keeping it to the first book, not to the rest of the series, because Ryan hasn't read the rest of the series. Um, same thing with Mysterious Benedict Society. I'm just We're just talking about the first book, not second, third, or I guess there's a new prequel now. There's a, pre- there's a prequel, and now there's a fourth book, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. He's just cashing those checks. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a fourth book until recently, so I'm, I got to go find that now. <laughs> it must be very recent, because I know the, the prequel is very recent. They're adults. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that actually sounds more interesting now. <laughs> is it still a kid's book? Yeah, I think. Well, all right. Well, I mean, Trenton Lee Stewart, more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so now we're going to talk yeah so like I said we're going to talk about spoilers of the books so if you haven't read them and you don't want spoilers go away now read the books highly recommend Alcatraz vs. the Evil Librarians highly recommend Mysterious Manic Society yep exactly so what have you got to lose get them from the library they're free you got nothing better to do than be quarantined so why not read a book (laughs) (laughs) it's got a point yeah but Going back to the topic, uh, I really enjoyed the first 100 pages of Benedict Society because of the most. It is the most character-driven part of the entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, it is follows. We are really closely focused on Rainy as he's taking these tests uh, and he's making new friends and he's kind of leaving his old life behind. Kind of get some flashbacks here and there. I'm like, so I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, the character has a goal. Um, so and we like you know and then he just like he, his his expectations keep getting subverted. So like it's forcing him to kind of adapt. Uh, as he like meets new friends and all that stuff, and like you know, it's and this was like really interesting. One puzzle, one puzzle after the next, um, and I was you were able to f- follow with the character character with the puzzle and like oh, maybe even potentially solve it before they do. Mm-hmm. This is really, yeah. So this is like my favorite part of the book, essentially the first one hundred pages, and like so. And since that, that's such a one hundred pages is a good span in the beginning to hook a reader in, and you hook them in like that. When you were when a kid reads it, they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this is great." They kind of like stick to it to the end. And same thing with most most oh. readers, I believe. Like once you once you're 100 pages in and you like it, boom. I After mean, that, just kind of goes with it. That was me with this book as a kid, because the first literally the first chapter, I was already kind of like, "Oh, this is interesting," and it just kept building up from there. And right. I, like, I that was like, I think that was probably one of the first like larger books I read, like as a child, mm-hmm. and like I because I read this when I was like seven or eight but i was right. like it's a decent size like under 500 pages yeah like and so like this is the first large book i read and i was like oh this i don't want to read this because it's big and i don't want to read <laughs> that big and then you I didn't want to like, read big books as a kid i after reading this i did <laughs> <laughs> i got did you ever read Inkart? yeah i did as a i don't remember it that well though look kevin my mom gave this to me for my birthday and i was like i don't want a book for my birthday and then i read it and i was like i want books for my birthday <laughs> wait how did your mom know to pick this one particular book though um so the characters in this are all 
uh, smart but socially inept. Uh, they all kind of come from like they all have like different perspectives in life, and I think mm-hmm. Sticky may have some form of autism. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but right. me growing up, I had Asperger's, which is a very mild form of autism. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my mom found that and she gave it to me because she was like, maybe this will help him, you know, kind of understand that he's, it's he, he can understand the world. Like, he, somehow, some way, you know, he can recognize, hey, yeah, you may not be able to, like, you know, be socially connected with a lot of people, but, like, you can still express yourself in a different way. And it did help me a lot as a kid. So, mm-hmm. yeah. She Representation. Picked, yes. This book definitely did help me as a kid. A little personal point in my life, but yes, that, thank you everyone for supporting. Um, I support you, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I'm not completely crapping on this book because, well, because you know, obviously, it still has its merits that I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, it does. It, I think it does a really great job with representation as well, mm-hmm. um, with for for kids. But what it what's one thing that you like about Alcatraz versus Evil Librarians. Um, so like I said, kind of the non spoiler part, I love the uh power system in this. Um mm-hmm. so Smeedries all have a different like ability that seems kind of useless upon first hearing about it, because like uh Alcatraz, his is that he breaks stuff uh whenever he touches it. His grandfather, his is that he's always late for things. Um and then what was uh, uh Lord, why am I forgetting names right now? Um, uh, there's Singh who trips whenever there's danger nearby. Yes, and then I can't remember the other guy's name. Why am I horrible? Uh, the Quentin right? who kind of says yeah. just random things. Pretty much, and so it's interesting to see how those powers work because like Alcatraz, obviously he can break anything. So like, yeah, he breaks the stuff that he, they might need, but he also can break weapons if they're coming at him, like if they're threatening him mm-hmm. with a gun or something, or he can like right. break the floor if they're in any escape, like his seems the most useful in battle, but then also his grandfather. Yeah, he's late to everything, but he's also late to his own death, which is mm-hmm. I thought was the most hilarious thing in the world because I was like, you know, late to your own death. Interesting. I like it. I love I love how he says, like, you know, sometimes I'm so late to my own appointment that I arrive there when I'm leaving. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> and I was, yeah, it's like, I was like, how does this work? But, like, it's it's different. It's more fun to kind of get in. It definitely is like Brandon Sanderson style to make a power system that is at first glance like, huh? But then it's actually like really smart, kind of like how he mm-hmm. does in Mistborn. But I also like um, my favorite part of the book is probably uh, everything in the battle with the Aliven and Blackburn because it's very much different from the rest oh, of the yeah. book. Because like, you know, mm-hmm. one Alcatraz is learning how to use his power to break stuff, but also it's like you get to see all the characters in action. Because for the most part, from the beginning, you kind of just see Alcatraz, like, kind of stumbling along, and everyone else is kind of doing, like, yeah, yeah, we're trying to explain everything to him. And, mm-hmm. but everything in that, and you see the escape from the library, it's all, it's just fun and wacky. It gave, it gave me very good vibes. All right. You hear that, everyone? That's an endorsement to read Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Um, so... Man, I wanted to say this one special thing about it, but I can't because it's a spoiler until you read book five. Um, Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> I know. I was like, that there, there. That's your insinuation to read the whole series. Like, hey, there's a there's a secret surprise coming like, up. It's I not can... really a secret, but like, I thought you, you were know. gonna say like, oh yeah, I can't say when I'm spoiling the next book. No, I can't say till I'm spoiling four books down. Exactly. Ah, man. But 
when, once you get there oh dude it's, it's great <laughs> biggest mic drop in history <laughs> oh god uh man but enough with being positive what is one particular moment that you did not like in alcatraz all right, so it's interesting because Alcatraz and therefore Sanderson do kind of point it out, but pretty much everything in the prison, because it do, it does a very emotional moment for Alcatraz, but at the same time, I'm like, this is three chapters that could have just been one chapter, like one long chapter mm-hmm. or two at the most, because the first chapter is like a guilt, guilt like pity trip, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. Alcatraz being like, dang, I failed, all I do is break everything. And the second is the villains kind of gloating, and they're like, hey, we, we've captured you now. We have the sands, yada, yada, yada. And the third is pretty much like it's Alcatraz coming to terms with himself, and then also the most ridiculous prison break attempt ever, <laughs> where I was just uh, like, really? this this Y'all broke out this easily? I'm like, man, my brains are stupid. Look, but, it's a book for 12-year-olds. <laughs> I know. I was just like, wow, okay. I'm like... I, yeah, but um, also exploring the library, it it was okay, but it wasn't. You didn't like, like the talking dinosaurs? No, that annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> really? I was like, when I saw, that, I was like, really? This is what we're doing with talking dinosaurs? Uh, like talking dinosaurs, who like what they say they were from space or something? Oh, I don't, no, no, they were no, they were just from another another country. Yeah, they're from another country, and they just come over and they just want to find stuff. But since you know. The because the librarians make it seem like dinosaurs are you know extinct and they enlarge their corpses to make them look like they were huge. Uh, mm-hmm. Therefore, they have to kidnap all the dinosaurs and hide them. And I'm just like, okay, cool, nice little tidbit. I didn't need that, but cool. You didn't like the constant misspelling of pterodactyl, then to the then just to the point, just names the guy a different name. Yeah, I did like that. That was pretty funny. Cause like I said, it's the narration. It's the narration part that's funny. Cause he's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know how to spell pterodactyl, so why should I <laughs> try to spell it? And so I just kept. I, at first, I was like, that's not how you spell pterodactyl. And then I realized what he was doing. I was like, ah, okay, I see what you're. That's pretty funny. Oh yeah. But no, I like. Yeah. Exploring the library, I was just kind of like, okay, like it doesn't really ramp up until like technically the prison scene because that's mm-hmm. when they start gloating. But then after the prison scene, it just goes from zero to a hundred real quick, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I like how sharply like it changes too because it's like it's still motivated by the events mm-hmm. and like character decisions. Um, but it's like it's really I think when you when you write for middle grade, um, you kind of have to like exaggerate the shift in tone. So that way, like, a kid can recognize it right off the bat. Right. So, Kevin, you kind of have the inverse of mine of where you, where the book, whereas <laughs> I don't, I like, I don't like the middle-ish in the beginning, but I love the end. You have, uh, uh you don't like, yeah, the, I, you like the beginning. Yeah, like I said, I really like the first 100 pages, but then, like, really, like, I think it really is, like, on page 100, suddenly everything shifts. Um, like, uh, so, so for the first 100 pages, we're like really tight focusing on, uh, Rainy, but suddenly like once, once we get to the part where they accept the mission, we suddenly switch into like an omniscient POV. Um, they kind of like, we're focusing, like they, now we're focusing a little bit on, on every character in the room. Uh, and then for, and that's, and that's how it is for the rest of the book. We're just focusing on one specific character every now and then, mm-hmm. but even though like, even though but even though a lot of the stuff is hidden um, from the reader by focusing on Rainy instead of another character that's going through these uh, event through some of the events, um, 
in order to keep the mystery for the reader. So it just kind of feels a lot of like very listless and motivated and unmotivated. Uh, it was just kind of hard for me to be engaged uh, with the story after that shift happened because it was just kind of like, you know, all the cool stuff was happening off screen. Mm-hmm. And then um, it, but just, to, just to toy with the reader, which I didn't feel, I don't really like it when that happens. Like I want readers to have like the, all the information they need uh, as soon as possible so right. that way they can get for you know feel more engaged with the with the material but you know it's not a bad thing a kid when you know I'm not, a kid can read it and be like oh yeah this is great i love it like you know it's not you know i'm not saying it's terrible but like it's just not my thing and i will say some of the characters that are kind of flat in this book do develop in the next books like sq mm-hmm. you see in this book is just kind of like this bumbling idiot and right. throughout the rest of the series, he becomes a major part of it. Um, some of the, like, a lot of the characters just kind of actually, like, develop as characters in the next books. And you can say if that's bad uh, character development or not. But, like, um, this book, it definitely, like, some of the characters do seem flat. It does focus more on these four kids than anyone else. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty much locked onto this island by themselves. So it's, you only kind of see everything from their perspective. And it's well, you mostly see from Rainy and Stickies, and occasionally Kate's, and very right. rarely Constance, because they're trying to hold they're trying to hold in that secret of Constance's uh <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> She's three years old. Yeah, I okay. As a child, that I was like, that's insane. She's three, <laughs> and she can, and she's smart. What? Mm-hmm. But uh, right, yeah, exactly. No, it's definitely it. They definitely try to hold it to those four kids' focus, and in the future books, it does change. Like a lot of the plot twists do get somewhere. Like Milligan, they explore that mm-hmm. things like that. Well, that's good. I mean, like I I do plan to read the second one at some point um, to kind of like be like, oh, I hope it gets better. Um, because but also like I like to try to read as much as I can. So like you know, whatever I get my hands on, I like to read it. So, yeah, this is, you know, Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians and the Mysterious Benedict Society. You can check them out at the library. You can check them out at a bookstore. Um, Mysterious Benedict Society, I'm not sure if it's on Hoopla, but I know Alcatraz, the audiobooks are on Hoopla. And that's actually the graphic audio audiobook. So it's like it has its own voice cast and music and sound effects and all that stuff. Um, really fantastic. So, you know, Hoopla, Digital, H-O-O-P-L-A, not sponsored, but that we just use it like all the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you have a library card, hopefully you have Hoopla. It's fantastic. Great app. Um, also there is the Libby, L-I-B-B-Y or Overdrive. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Overdrive. I keep forgetting what it's called. No, it's Overdrive. Outlook is the Microsoft yeah. email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep getting, I got those two confused a long time ago, and you know it's haunted me ever since. <laughs> That's haunted you ever since. It's haunted me ever since. is is the scariest thing ever in my life. Getting those two mixed up. Oh wow. It's two very different things. One lets you read books. One lets you read emails. <laughs> but as long as you're reading, you're not Zach. <laughs> oh yeah. Any any last words, Ryan? Before we um, end re- the podcast. Read more, people. Uh, experience more. There's a whole lot of. There's a whole world in books. So go yeah. out there, do something other than look at Netflix. Read books, gain knowledge. Knowledge is power. Use power for evil. I say this like we're not about to like do a whole review on a TV show and a comic book, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, 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 don't worry about it. We're you know re- 
you just read. You know, that, don't look at the ne- don't look at next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, that was me teasing next week's episode. Everyone, tune in. <laughs> Invincible. You've been listening to Committed Critics. You can follow us on Twitter at Committed Crits. That's C O M M I T T E D C R I T S. You can follow us on YouTube at Committed Critics. Spelled the same there as it is here and everywhere else. Thank you can support us on Patreon. Just one or two dollars a month would be great. And special thanks to our patron Davy Peppers, who was a guest on a few other episodes before and a good friend of ours. Uh, you can check out his YouTube channel, Game Mechanics, to watch video essays of video games and like how video ga- storytelling in video games and the game mechanics themselves can uh, apply to society. It's really fantastic. Like, there's really they got a new video coming up soon that includes Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> uh, special thanks to our sound engineer Jordan Smearman and our editor Zach Wright and we will see you next week bye bye adios